0: Welcome to 39-Minute Conversations.
1: Please wait for your host to
0: begin this meeting. Your meeting is now being recorded.
2: Okay, there we go. Can you see me? Can you hear me? Yes. Perfect. Wonderful. Um, For the listener, I want to blame technical issues. This is the second time we started this episode, but it was not technical issues. It was my scattered brain forgetting some stuff, but now we're ready to go. So before we get started, um, I do want to do an ad read because that is uh, how, how this podcast works this episode of 39 minute conversations is brought to you by healthcare.gov it is that time of year again when we're reminded that we live in one of the only first world countries on earth that doesn't guarantee the right of healthcare to its people the time of year when people recently laid off from their jobs which has been happening a lot lately in entertainment news tech most industries they're reminded of the inherent cruelty and inefficiency of tying the basic necessity of healthcare to something as inconsistent as employment in this modern economy. The time of year when many writers, actors, and filmmakers and other folks in this industry realize that we didn't make enough money this past year to keep our insurance next year. So, what do we do? Do we fix this broken system? Do we guarantee healthcare to everyone who needs it, which is everybody? Of course not. No, go to healthcare.gov and find a plan that you can afford that looks like maybe it'll keep you alive for another year. A plan that maybe lets you keep the prescriptions you need to not die. And a new doctor, because it's totally sustainable and best practice to have to look for a new doctor every year. Why would you want to keep a doctor who understands you, your body, and the care you need? Changing doctors every year is totally fine. Great system. 2022 is winding winding down, so go to healthcare.gov today because you can't sign up year-round for some reason. That's healthcare.gov. It's the best we can do, apparently. And we pause and then... Hello, I am Brian T. Arnold, and this is 39-Minute Conversations, a podcast about reconnecting with old friends and making new ones, but I've only got 39 minutes to do it because I will not be paying for Zoom Pro. My guest today is a very funny writer and comedian. She has written and performed sketch comedy at the UCB Theater, The Magnet, Second City, and The Pack. She created the show, Maddie Paz, is a noob for Amazon. And she's also written for shows like The Detour, The Crude's Family Tree, and The Mighty Ones, whose final season premiered December 9th on Hulu and Peacock, so definitely check that out. Stephanie Streisand, hello. Hey. <laughs> I love that you kept your camera off for that whole thing. I was sitting. Oh, here- I thought
1: I was supposed to.
2: <laughs> I was sitting here wondering if you were going to like turn it on at any point, or if I was just going to be talking to a blank. Story. I
0: was. I laughed so hard at um, our horrible situation when it comes to healthcare.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. I heard, I heard, I didn't know. I didn't realize you were muted either. So I was just like, okay, this isn't killing. This is going, this is going. Oh, no, oh,
0: no. I was like, oh, well, he's doing his commercial. I should mute.
2: I mean, you're, you're welcome to participate. I should make that clearer. Like, just, you know, hop in, be, be, you can be present for these ads and whatnot. (laughs) (laughs) It is good to see you now that I can see you. I'm very happy to have you.
0: It's good to see you.
2: Um, I want to start where I start with, um, you know, most of my guests that you know, I don't have to recap how weird and and awful and existentially scary these last three or so years were. Um, but how have you been? How did you cope? You know, what has this time looked like for you?
0: Um, I was uh, lucky enough to be working mm-hmm. through almost all of the pandemic. Uh, so uh, I, I well, lucky and unlucky because I did experience intense burnout at one point mm, okay I, I was uh working on two shows and a movie at the same time
2: yeah that's a lot of things to do a lot of things. that's crazy
0: um but it kept me sane enough i mean i do say full sentences to my dog sure like she's going to respond to them that has come out of the pandemic that I, I talk, you weren't sure you weren't
2: you weren't already doing that? Because that feels like most pet owners, I think, you know, communicate, like, expect to hear something back almost.
0: Uh, Well, it's gone from like, oh, you want some food to like, oh, you haven't eaten since this time. Are you hungry right now?
1: <laughs> Do you want some
2: food? <laughs> yeah. I've, I've gotten to that point, but with uh, plants, which is sadder, I think. I don't have a pet. I just have a bunch of plants I'm trying to keep alive. And you know i don't talk to them as often as i should but every time i water them i'm like are you enjoying this do you like your little <laughs> it's um i try to i i kind of have names for them but not really it's uh it's sadder it's sadder because a dog at least can look at you with emotion and
0: uh yeah, <laughs> yeah okay not so much understanding on mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um you know, Stephanie, we've known each other for for a few years, you know. Yeah. We used to do improv together. We yeah. were on we were on a team for a while. We hung out in that context, but I don't know if we've ever really had like a full-on deep conversation. We've hung out, but like have we ever gotten deep and introspective with each other? I don't know.
0: I don't think so.
2: So I'm excited. I I get to know you better on that level.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I want to start. <laughs> I want to start at the beginning. You are from Long Island, New York. Oh yeah, I've ne- I've been to New York a couple times. I've never been to Long Island. Um, what was it like growing up there? What did what did childhood look like there for you?
0: Um, you're you're from West Virginia, right? I am.
2: So yes. I'm
0: trying to think of like how to compare it. Uh, but I've only been in one area of West Virginia and I don't even remember what the area was called, but it, that's okay. Um, sorry. Uh, it's, uh, uh, I would compare it to like Shreveport. I've been to Shreveport. Okay. Louisiana. Uh, what is it like? Um, it is, you know, um, there's like a, a very rich area.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, there's middle-class, there's the, like the rich area. Like I went to school with rich kids who were wearing like those Steve Madden shoes in kindergarten. So they okay. were like huge platforms and just like five-year-olds <laughs> not being able to walk around. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I went to a performing arts high school after getting kicked out of my public high school.
1: Oh.
2: Can I get what did you get kicked out of your public high school for? Can I ask?
0: Yeah, it like um the the final straw was uh I went onto the roof of the building and threw all the handballs that got stuck on the roof down.
2: That sounds like a public service to me. And why why are you getting kicked out for that?
0: Uh I couldn't get back down after <laughs> <laughs>
2: people people forget about that part like when somebody climbs Mount Everest they think they're done but they have to get back down get
0: back down yeah yeah so that was the final straw but before that like I was kicked I I would go into class and just like it was only like five minutes I'd be kicked out of the class I was just uh a smart ass and I always came unprepared and it was Mm. disruptive to the point where I'd sit down and be like hey you got paper Uh, do you have a pen like it would just be a a thing and eventually just be like get the just leave there there were points where I'd walk in five minutes late and they'd just be like just go I I don't (laughs) want to deal with you today just go to in school suspension um
2: when you got to the performing arts high school did that like turn you around a little bit? Because it, it sounds like, if I'm going to play armchair psychologist here, that you just weren't enjoying. You were acting out. You weren't like doing what you wanted to do. You weren't studying anything that interested you. Did the performing arts high school like, oh, my God, this is it. I've found, like, now I can be my myself.
0: Yeah, it, it did because I was the only ninth grader that went full day. A lot of kids went half day and went back mm-hmm. to their public schools. Uh, but because I went there for my academics and I was the only ninth grader, uh, I was the only student in all of my classes, (laughs) The the teachers had plenty of time to like deal with my bullshit and also teach me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to be disruptive when there's no one to disrupt with.
0: Yeah. And I, I didn't have homework that whole year anymore after that because I would just do the work in class and my biggest problem is I never did homework okay uh so once there was no homework uh I did a a lot better at school
2: (laughs) (laughs) um that's interesting that's so interesting I, I I I didn't know you had that much of a I mean rebellious wild kid streak to you I didn't know this about you
0: uh I always uh, I always say I got out my 20s in my teens.
2: Okay. And so I now.
0: mellowed by the time I became t- in my early
2: 20s. So now you can sit at home comfortably with your dog that you talk to and not cause any trouble anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: Uh... <laughs> when did you. Okay. So did you know. Like you know, a lot of kids, when they if they get in trouble, might get sent to you know uh, a religious school or a military school, or so you got sent to performing arts high school. Did you already know at that point that you wanted to to do this, or was that just like a punishment that turned into your life?
0: Um, it uh, I had by that point already done some community theater, mm-hmm. uh, and when I was getting expelled, there was a school for kids that got expelled
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, but that same uh, program had like a trade school program and it also had a performing arts high school mm-hmm. so it's like you're going to the expelled program where we rehabilitate you so that you can go back to a public school mm-hmm. I was like wait no I can sing <laughs> Uh, i auditioned and it it was like uh i i in order to go to the school i also had to go to therapy at the okay just to be like is she gonna be boisterous and loud and after a month i or even before then the teachers at that school were like oh she's fine she's just she's just oppositional and mm-hmm. hard ass but like there's no one for her to play off of. She's the only kid in her class (laughs) this year, so it'll get out of (laughs) her.
2: So you had like, there's like a 50-50 shot of you either being in comedy and performing or a welder. It sounds like.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank God I could sing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so you're already doing theater and stuff at that point. when did you know that you wanted to like be a writer was there a a show or a movie or something that like woke up your brain of like oh this is what I want to do and people actually do this
1: uh
0: I I looking back I could see things that made me go oh oh I I want I I was a writer all this time but like mm-hmm. if you had told me when I was a kid that I'd be spending the rest of my life doing 30 page papers or <laughs> 90 page paper. I would have cried like for days. <laughs> um, but when I was a kid, I was like, oh, I want to be a singer, or a homicide detective because I because sure. I could always like solve the murder mystery shows. Mm-hmm. And looking back. The only reason why I figured them out was because I figured out the structure of those shows.
2: Mm, OK.
0: Um, I I realized pretty early that I'm pretty oblivious
1: of
2: the <laughs> Yeah, it's tougher to solve a real mystery when there's no like act breaks or or uh, story structure present.
1: Yeah,
0: or like, why did that person only say one line and then leave, they must be coming back later. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there's no big guest star that you know is the killer, like, oh, Chevy Chase is in this episode, right. he did it, yeah.
0: Right. It's like, why did we look at that picture for no reason for five seconds? That Mm, must be, rewind it, look at it. That comes back later. I
2: I think you'd be a good homicide detective if there was like a director who was like really pointing you at everything you needed to see.
0: Yes. (laughs) I need, uh, I need Ryan Johnson to put me on the case.
2: (laughs) Oh man, I'm so excited for Glass Onion. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, it's Uh,
1: fun.
2: It's fun. Yeah, super fun. I love him. Um, Yeah, so when I talk to uh, new writers, which I do somewhat often, um, I feel like people, and I was the same way when I was trying to come up, that people are looking for this formula for kind of how to break in or like what's the right path. And I think the more you talk to writers, the more you kind of realize there is no one path. Like everybody has a different story. So, how did you go from You know uh performing arts high school getting into comedy all these things to like oh now i now this is my job i'd love to hear a little bit of like that actual story and journey
0: um oh man uh so i uh i got kicked out of a of a summer camp where i was a this
2: is a pattern this is a theme
0: (laughs) i was a counselor in training at a camp okay and i i got uh fired or kicked out or what because they don't pay you you like pay them to be the counselor and train it's weird
2: that's
1: weird
0: uh well because you get to go on all the field trips but you're like sure it's like a mix of being a counselor and a camper at the same time okay but uh i was i was uh uh, fired pretty fast (laughs) because i jumped into a pool with all my clothes on and then convinced all the kids to do the same (laughs) and all the kids didn't have changes of clothes so they all had to go home. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was asked that was the final straw and I was asked to
2: <laughs> so many final straws for you.
0: Well, cause it's a lot of like dumb little things. Mm-hmm. And then that one is like, okay, we're done. Like I, I was able to put up with your bullshit before of like stealing snacks from whatever to like give mm-hmm. to everybody or what, whatever dumb shit I was doing.
2: Um, it sounds like you weren't doing these like, th- like. it sounds like you were almost the Robin Hood of these situations. Like, I'm gonna return these handballs from the roof. I'm gonna pass out these snacks I stole. I'm gonna get these kids to have fun on the- You weren't doing selfish things. You were like, I'm gonna make everybody have a good time, but in a way that's gonna get me in a lot of trouble.
0: Yeah, it, it was all like fun stuff. It wasn't like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna like beat the shit out of somebody.
2: Which so you would, I-, I could still see. I could still see you doing that though. Uh- Thank you. You have that Long Island in you. That scares me a little bit.
0: Ooh, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, real tough.
2: Yeah, for sure. Say it just like that.
0: <laughs> um, but uh, uh, my parents didn't want to spend the summer with me, annoying <laughs> them the whole time. Uh, so they had her heard about UCB through like the newspaper or something and
1: mm-hmm.
0: i think they misunderstood or misread it my mother was like oh my god gilda radner learned from them
1: <laughs> sure
0: and i had i had her broadway show on vhs that i watched yeah. so they were like oh go there do some improv there and i got hooked pretty fast i yeah. did the, i did some intensive program they had so it was it was almost like a summer camp
1: for
2: me. Yeah. And you were a teenager at this point doing UCB in New York.
0: Yeah, I was 15. Wow. Uh, so everybody was, sorry, there's some, no, it's the next door.
2: It's good. It's good. People love sound. People love like horrible sounds in a podcast. It's great. Yes.
0: yes. (laughs) Happy editing. Um,
2: (laughs) I do very little editing. Enjoy the apartment noise. Uh, listeners continue.
0: Um, So I did that and I, I did do, uh, and then out of high school, I did do like some off Broadway and a tour in like musical theater. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there was nothing. So I just like really went harder into UCB and Mm -hmm. the thing, and I started getting praise for the comedy sketches that I would write for myself and what's good about writing compared to acting is writing like acting if you're sick that day you're you're not getting the job probably sure but if you're sick that day with writing it doesn't matter your sample is always your sample it always looks exactly the same um That's true <laughs> uh so that is one of the good things about writing and then mm-hmm. uh uh and i i just got more uh response off of my writing uh, mm-hmm. or positive reinforcement. And I think it was just like, oh, okay, I'll do this more then. And yeah. I, think I got my first paying job pretty, like paying job like $20 a sketch for some site. Sure. I was like, oh my God, I can, I can make money this way. <laughs> uh, and then I was a babysitter for a real long time. <laughs>
2: sure. It's funny. I think that happens to I mean, there are some people who are just like, you know, can do it all at the same time and rise up that way, like your Donald Glovers or, you know, the people who are like, oh, yeah, I write direct act all of it. But I for me personally, I think for a lot of people, like I was in a similar boat where I was doing improv, I was acting, I was, you know, and but then I was like, I, I'm taking a shotgun approach to my career right now. And I think I need to laser focus on one thing and yeah for me it was also like I think writing's the thing that I'm best at and my best shot and then everything else like if I want to do it later maybe it'll work out but at least I gotta but for right now I gotta focus on something so it's it's it seems like you kind of learned that pretty early and it took me you know a a lot
1: longer
0: it I mean I I would say at a certain point like UCB was a great experience but at a certain point I should have stopped stuff at UCB only because it did take up a lot of my time Mm -hmm. after once i i stopped myself from doing so much there was i able to like i wrote a sample a a week after i stopped doing stuff at ucb because i was Mm -hmm. like all right uh i'm gonna fucking do that uh and and then uh, yeah go ahead sorry yeah once i started really concentrating that way. And it, you, I guess what I'm saying is you got to know when one thing that has worked for others is not the thing that's going to work for you. And yeah. to move on to the next thing.
2: Yeah, I remember the first, the only time I got a call back for a Herald team, which is the house team at UCB, for people who don't know, like, I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is finally like my life starting. This is, it's weirdly, UCB and improv is re- it's weirdly addicting. Because yeah. it's just such a like, an, it's like instant gratification of like, you know, making something so up up on the spot and getting an immediate laugh versus like writing something for six months and hoping somebody likes it. So it's just like, it's this rush every time you perform and it can be it can kind of take over your life if you're not careful. Because yeah. when I when I didn't get on a Herald team, I was like, I had like a I had an emotional breakdown. Like I I was like crying at work when I found out that I didn't make it. And then like maybe after an hour of like just my life is over, I was like, I didn't move here for this. Like this right. is this is great. This is fun, but man, I'm putting way too much pressure on something that is maybe not my path and not what I even came out here to do.
0: Yes. When I uh, when I got on Maud, I I was like, oh, my God, uh, like I felt this feeling of euphoria, like I can't believe I've made it. And then Maud was I I was with very talented writers and mm-hmm. actors. Oh, it's
2: such a talent. Um, so many talented people. About so
0: many, ta- But the way it was run is like you've made it pay us more money. Yeah. To to get these things made. And also your actors will only have like a week to learn their yeah. lives or, or it's, not even like, so it was, it, it, it wasn't set up in a way where I would be comfortable inviting anybody to go see
2: it. Sure. It's just um, like, it's just like summer camp, you pay, you pay more money to get to do the thing you want to
0: do. <laughs> yeah. It's like being a counselor in training. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, once I started showing up, I was like, oh, this is it. This is like the thing that I, this isn't the thing that I wanted, I can't, yeah. like, I can't live Doing this,
1: like mm-hmm. I
0: have to figure this shit out, um, and uh, yeah, so it it was it was good. Uh, it it really helped me a little bit figure my shit out. Um, I also had to step away from UCB to learn what my voice was because I started UCB mm-hmm. so young mm-hmm. that um, I was very influenced by by what other people thought. Was funny, uh, sure. and writing towards that, and so stepping away was great because then I was like, well, what, what the fuck do I want?
1: Yeah,
0: what do I think is funny?
2: I think, I, and I think that is both good and bad because in one way, you know, when you step away from it to to learn your own voice, you create you you create a show and you sell it, and it's your and it's your voice. But at the same time, you also work in writer's room for other people, and you kind of do have to modulate your voice for that show. So like, you've, you've kind of gotten to experience both a little bit of yeah. having to write for someone else's voice and, and writing for your own. Um, let's talk a little bit about, um, that show that you created Maddie, Pat, Maddie Paz or Maddie Paz? How do you Maddie, say it?
0: Maddie Paz is a noob.
2: Maddie Paz is a noob. Yeah. Um, so you, you created that show, you sold that show, you made a season of that show. Yeah. Um, that's, very cool and very exciting what was that how did that uh come about
0: um i did the cbs diversity showcase as a writer me too uh, uh when bef- before- i did it 2016 oh i did it 2016
2: 2017.
0: okay i did it in 2015. okay and it was run very interestingly
2: yeah me too <laughs> I think I think mine was the last year of the people who ran it your year also
0: yeah and it was um it it was a uh there were something aspects that were good about it and some aspects that were like um I mean put I was called Mexican girl
1: Mm. uh
0: for a while Mm -hmm. by the people who ran it and then built up the courage to go uh instead of going, don't call me that my the courage I built up was to say, Hey, I, I'm not Mexican.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sure.
0: Like, oh, which one are you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then, this sounds right. And then they call me Jew girl for the rest of the time. Right. So, um, but at, the good, the bright side of that is, uh, I was like, well, if I'm ever in a toxic work environment, I know. Now, how to survive one, sure. yeah. Uh, not from that story, but from
2: in general, yeah. That in it, general. it was an interestingly run program,
0: and luckily, it's no no job I've ever had has been toxic. <laughs> oh, good, <laughs> yeah.
2: It feels uh, like they're training you for like because they say that, worst like, case during a scenario almost, yeah. yeah. They said that during it, like, you know, this is what it's going to be like in a room, this is like, this is how it's going to feel, and you got to get used to it. And then you go to like other rooms and experiences, and you're like, oh, no, it's not. It's they, not. I mean,
0: there there are like sometimes people are. that you might deal with, but it's because you've dealt with like the worst case scenario. <laughs> you can like nip it in the bud so easily, really early on.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but from that, uh, uh, I became friends with a lot of the writers, and one of them uh, recommended me to uh this company that was looking for a writer to write a show uh that ha- had in, in, uh, incorporated video games in some way
2: okay and
0: my friend was like oh my god St- all stephanie does is play video games
1: <laughs>
0: uh, so i went in there and i i pitched what my idea would be based on uh a little bit that they wanted which is like oh we wanted to to star a kid and and I was telling them about like, let's play Mm -hmm. YouTube videos at the time, which was popular. Um, and I was like, what if it's a show in the style of let's play? Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, and that was non-union. Oh, uh, and was supposed to be for YouTube, but I found out later they sold it to Amazon.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So, um, that was, uh, it was cool it looks great on my resume Mm -hmm. it it didn't pay my bills
2: yeah that happens that happens a lot it it
0: happens a lot um uh uh, especially at that time when i was unwrapped now that i'm like that would never happen
2: (laughs) totally that's, totally that's
0: a great thing about having a rep is that you could be like oh man you know i would do this for pennies but my dumb rep
2: won't <laughs> yeah it's the same like it, being able to use your reps or even the writers guild is like bad guys of like oh man i'd love to so much like so much you don't even know how much but like i i just can't
0: my mean rep won't let you take advantage of me
1: oh so here. <laughs> <not fair. laughs>
2: um after after matty pause um you then moved on to writing for in other people's rooms you wrote on the detour you wrote yeah. on um the crudes tv show and now the mighty ones which just ended was it weird was it different like going from like creating your own show to then being like a person in a room who's like less in charge
0: no uh it, it's it's always been really fun and i think it's because uh, my samples, they're very slapstick. Mm -hmm. The, the shows that end up taking meetings with me, they're already kind of in a slapstick category. Mm. Uh, so whether it's live action or, or animation, like it, it hasn't writing towards like Jason Jones's voice. It was pretty easy to like, Mm -hmm tweak myself because the comedy was still like what's funny like what's really silly what what is slapstick what slapstick can we do and then it was i don't know it was just easy to kind of it was all about like what's funny yeah um and the same thing with crude same thing with with the mighty ones was the best because the mighty yeah. Ones was the be- it was the best experience because it really they were like we love your voice
1: Mm, that's nice um, to hear. So
0: there was very, um, and there was a lot of collaboration involved
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, with the artists, which was awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> like, um, and and so it was like, oh yeah, pitch us your stuff that you would want to watch,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then the directors would. There's multiple directors um, in animation. Oh no, nine minutes left.
2: Oh no, <laughs> ten, ten minutes. Ah! Ten minutes. We have time. We're good.
0: But everybody was kind of on the same wavelength which is why i think it was the it was an awesome experience is because every uh it was it was a cartoon show with everyone who like loved comedic cartoons yeah growing up and now that they were there and it was just a joyful experience whether i mean background artists were able were allowed to like pitch a joke for their backgrounds oh that's cool yeah like it was it was very collaborative, and everybody was really funny. Uh, the showrunners did a really great job hiring everyone across the board.
2: That's amazing, and yeah, I was looking at that. I, I'll be honest; I have not had the chance to watch it yet. I want to, uh, and I will. I promise. Um, um, but not only like so you're you're working you're writing for people like like voiceover legends like Fred Tatasciore. Tatasciore.
1: Yeah, um, Stephen um, Root.
2: Steven root Katie Walgren um um and then also like some very funny people uh, in modern comedy like Jessica McKenna and Jimmy Tatro like what's it it must feel pretty amazing to like whatever I write I know this is going to be delivered like just like a home run from these like big hitters
0: uh it's great it's it's great even if like every step of the way like things are are Tweaked and elevated. It just mm-hmm. was a. It's one of those experiences where you can literally, like, once it was written, I was never like, "Hey, how's it going?" I was just, yeah. I mean, it, uh, I everybody was trusted to do the job that they were hired to do. Where That's I've been, nice. I've been in other rooms where uh, uh, a showrunner has been a little more micromanaging. Sure. Because maybe they were new at showrunning, and so that they were being like a little so. That can kind of stunt it. These, like, I mean, I, I've just been very lucky with showrunners where, uh, it, when a showrunner is confident ev- and everyone is trusted to do the job that they are hired to do, mm-hmm. all the shows are always better and everything's yeah. elevated. Um, yeah, yeah, it's super fun. It
2: if you're fun. gonna, if you're gonna pitch this show, first of all, is it? It's animation. Is it more children's or is it more adult animation?
0: A Mighty. Can my
2: yeah. Can my niece uh, and nephews watch it?
0: Yes. Your your nieces and nephews can watch it. Uh I I will say, so there was a little back and forth over whether the show should only be for kids or not in mm-hmm. the within the first season. Mm-hmm. And then uh by the time I was hired, I wrote for the third season and the fourth season. Okay. Um they they under like everyone dreamworks hulu everybody understood that the tone of the show would be for everyone and it would be uh it would be like jokes for kids but it's like it's sure it's for college kids which is (laughs) our way of saying stoners um but it's it it gets very uh uh one of the co-creators worked on ren and stimpy and okay. uh the other co-creator was a director on gravity falls and so it's gotcha very, okay it gets very like Rocco's modern life ish mm-hmm. uh uh ren and stimpy ish yeah
1: like,
2: we we that, watch
0: it's real weird yeah gravity we
2: watched the like messed that. up stuff we, we watched the messed up cartoons when we were <laughs> but, yeah yeah, yeah. The, that that line used to be a lot less clear of like is this a kid show <laughs> or
0: yes yeah uh so we're definitely we were definitely writing for the 10 year olds okay or like like the kids that want to be 10. (laughs) instead of writing down it was like sure uh we wrote shows we'd watch yeah kids or as adults
2: yeah that's great that sounds like a really great experience I'm glad you got to do that yeah and yeah and it knew that the that was the final season and it's out is it the final season
0: the fourth season is the final season and I didn't know how it ended uh, and I, so I jumped to the ending after watching four of them mm-hmm. uh, to see how they came out because the writers we get taken off before of course yeah the animation is is completed um so it's been fun being like oh how'd this come out I'm just being like <laughs> yeah um, uh but uh the last the last episode made me Oh,
2: good. That's, uh, that's it amazing.
0: Ends, it ends in a uh it ends in a very like this is the end of yeah. the show kind of. That's
2: way. it's good that they got to do that cuz that doesn't always happen. Um yeah. I wanted to get into this, we don't have a ton of time left, so I want to let's try to do a, a little short I guess. Cuz okay. in addition to being a very talented writer and comedian and actress and all these things, singer, um many people might not know that you are also one of the worst cooks in America (laughs) you were on a reality show called worst cooks in America what how did you end up doing that and are you a better cook now
0: that's like the only thing I ever got out of UCB (laughs) (laughs) Uh, UCB once you get on like the performer page they send out shit Like, uh, oh, do you want to, some of them are great. It's like, oh, do you want to be a writer for Howard Stern? He's looking for writers. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, a lot of times, some of the times uh, it's like, hey, they're looking for a funny person to be on Worst Cooks. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you suck at cooking.
2: uh, Did you suck at cooking or did you play up how much you sucked at cooking? No, I
0: didn't play up how much I suck at cooking, but I think contestant, other contestants did.
2: Mm. Um, Are you a better cook now?
0: No, I'm, I, I'm more like, I, I'm not scared. I can saute mushrooms now.
2: Hey, that's something. Yeah.
0: I can saute shit. I, okay. I feel comfortable doing that. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm impatient when it comes to cooking meat. Mm. Uh, sure. so I wouldn't trust myself to cook me. I'm just like constantly I wouldn't either. flipping it and flipping it and flipping it. Um, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't, uh, I, you know, um, I, I wouldn't say that I was a bad cook. Mm-hmm. I would say that I, I'm just a very inexperienced cook.
2: That's fair. Okay. We
1: just have about what
0: other people were doing, which was like, I think I was on a I think that the show I was on, a contestant like was like, I always make matzo balls with gummy bears inside. And I'm like, Mm. okay, well, you're either playing it up or you're deranged.
2: (laughs) Okay, we have a little less than three minutes left. So I wanna use this time right real quick to um, give you the chance to, where can people follow you? Anything you wanna plug other than Mighty Ones or including Mighty Ones, um, et cetera.
0: man i would really like to plug the mighty ones uh i also wrote on uh a Mm spin-off of of uh how to how to train your dragon it's called dragons nine realms the new. i don't know when my season comes out at some point yeah at some point it will come out uh it gets like it gets good and plotty in a fun way um and uh uh, yeah uh i i can't plug my movie yet because it's.
2: you can't tell what it is yet.
0: <laughs> yeah it's to be announced yeah. it's a comedy hey yeah yeah uh,
2: it's weird living in that world of like i have a couple things like cooking but i can't say anything about them and I it's so hard it's so right, hard
0: i could say it exists yeah it's slapsticky <laughs> um uh but yeah the mighty ones i mean check it out it's uh
2: I definitely will.
0: Yeah,
2: and people can follow start you with on my
0: episodes. though. start with
2: of my. course, of course. Watch <laughs> Stephanie's episodes first. Um, what where can people follow you on the socials, on the Instas, on the Twitters, on anything like that?
0: Uh, yeah, uh, I'm on Instagram. Yeah, uh, I'm not a big social media person. You could sure. tell. Um, but I do post on Instagram. Um, I'm Steph Streis on instagram so it's just Great.
2: uh half your names just half yeah,
1: it's half, yeah.
0: it's half of my name so people
1: first, first people figure letters. that out
0: yeah first five letters then for six letters uh and uh i mean you can follow me on twitter if you want but like i just repost i'm not like I, sure. I don't. twitter gives me anxiety yeah uh,
2: me too but i can't get off of it yeah. um Okay. Real fast. We, one quick announcement. Don't have time for another ad read, but real quick announcement. Uh, this is the last episode of 39 minute conversations of the year, uh, taking the holidays off. Everybody enjoy your holidays. I really appreciate everybody listening. I wrote up a lot more than this, but we don't have time, but thank you for listening and letting me do this and making it a show. Um, Stephanie, uh, it is the holidays. What is your favorite holiday tradition? Do you have one?
0: Um, Probably eating the food. That you don't make. (laughs) That I don't make, that I buy. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, What is your happiest memory?
0: Ever? Ever
2: in your life.
0: 30 seconds. Your meeting has ended. Goodbye.
2: Thank you for listening to 39 Minute Conversations, hosted and produced by Brian T. Arnold. Music by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and tune in for new episodes, and don't forget to rate and review. If you didn't like what you heard, please don't do any of that. That's okay, too. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. Stay safe and be well.